You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we're looking at a prayer from the belly of a fish. I think you kind of can figure out there what we're talking about. We're talking about Jonah today. From the belly of a fish, a prayer today on Words of Encouragement. Boy, I've told you I'm excited about this. Uh, I've just so enjoyed um, digging into this book of Jonah. Uh, I I got so excited about this, we got into it, and I forgot to make some opening statements in regards to whether or not I believe Jonah was a real person and whether or not uh, this really happened. And uh, I am one of those who believes he is or or was a real person uh, on this earth, and I do believe this happened. Uh, You have several incidents, and I uh, I did not get them all in a list, but there are other places in the Bible that refer to Jonah. Uh, and they refer to him as, matter of fact, Jonah, one of the prophets. And so there is no doubt in my mind that they're going to talk about, they're not going to talk in reference to Jonah as being, you know, as being fictitious uh, in their minds because they're making a point with his life. And so they go to that, and Jonah, I do believe, was a real person, and this did happen to him. This morning, I entitled this, From the Belly of a Fish, a Prayer. From the Belly of a Fish, a Prayer. Have you ever been in a classroom as a student and your mind wandered off? I know none of you ever had that happen to you. You were such good students and you paid attention so well that you were just waiting for that teacher to share the knowledge uh, that they had with you. I was sitting in a one o'clock, a 1 p.m. Old Testament class at Louisiana College and I suddenly woke up (laughs) to find my professor Dr. Downing of Old Testament, standing at my desk, continuing to teach, but just made his location very obvious because his voice got a little louder, and I heard it a little louder, and I woke up. He had gotten my attention. I'm just glad he didn't take a pen and wrap it on the desk and watch me, you know, because I'm easily spooked at times when I'm asleep sometimes. But I thought, wow, and he never said a word to me, never said anything to me. But I know because at the cafeteria that day, we had had potatoes, that that's what got me. (laughs) The carbs, and I just, I was, oh, I just fell off. Well, this morning we continue the story of Jonah and we see that not only had he been physically awakened, but he had also been spiritually awakened. This is very important for us to see because it's very important for us to be spiritually awakened by God. 
we need to not go to sleep spiritually. And I, my personal opinion is that we have too many Christians in this world who have gone spiritually asleep, feeling as if, well, if I, I, I'm not that important, I really don't, I really can't make a difference in this world, so I will sit back and let others do that. Let me tell you, you are important in the eyes of God, and God wants to use you in this world. Every one of us is special to Him. And there is not one of us that God God looks at and says, Well, I'll let you coast a while. No, you are important enough to Him that He wants to use you every day. He really does want to use you to make a difference in our world. And so as we look at this this morning, I want you, if you're able and willing to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. The Bible tells us, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. May God bless the reading of His Word to us, and may He teach us from His Word this morning. You may be seated. Something very interesting in this passage. The first thing I I wrote down here is that God gave Jonah time to think. Now, in verse 17, we see what happened. The men, uh, or in verse 16, the men feared the Lord greatly. They decided their fear and respect of the Lord was more important than what might happen if they didn't obey Him. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to Him. And in verse 15, we see that they had thrown Jonah into the sea and the the sea stopped its raging. And so here the Lord appoints a great fish. Now I, I, I know that here Jonah is saved from certain death. The these sailors have thrown him into the sea. What's he going to do? What's what? Well, he'll swim as long as he can, but then what? It appears he came very near to dying before a big fish swallows him. The Hebrew does not the use the word whale here, and I know we always say whale. Well, it was a whale. Uh, well, what other big fish could it be? It, it possibly could have been a whale. Uh, but the Bible specifically just uses the, t- the phrase big fish. Could it have been? Yes, it could have been. But we don't know for sure. One might say that God rescued Jonah from the storm. And I would say, yes, it is what he has done here. But Jonah is the reason for the storm. One might say also that God saved Jonah from himself. Was Jonah's intent to die? Did he intend? Did he? I mean, he told the, the, the sailors, throw me overboard and everything will be okay. It's because of me this storm is here. It appears that he, you could say God saved him from himself. He seems to prefer the dying over having to go to Nineveh. He does not feel that Nineveh deserves an opportunity to repent. Jonah doesn't want to go. He figures if he dies, then, well, Nineveh will not get the opportunity to repent. And they will pay with their lives for for their evil behavior. 
That thinking. People deserve to be punished for their behavior. That thinking is, is very common, isn't it? We have this desire that people pay for their sins and we want something to happen there to them. Well, Jonah would love for this to happen to them. They get what they deserve. They don't need a second chance. What is that? They don't need a second chance. Jonah is certainly a man who knows God's ways, that if these people are given an opportunity, they're going to take the opportunity, they're going to repent. Oh yeah, let me repent. I don't want to pay for what I've done. Jonah knows that they will probably repent if given the opportunity. But why does Jonah run? Why does Jonah run? Why does he decide to run? Why doesn't he just stay home? He could have. Nineveh would not have the opportunity to repent. Well, God might just raise someone else to do that. Jonah knows this. He he already said he serves a God who's in control of the land and of the sea. Jonah knows what God is capable of. Jonah understands what Jonah has done is to bring shame upon God here. The sailors are so shocked at what he had done because you do not shame the one you worship. Jonah has done this and many scholars feel that he is, he feels maybe that he's just not worthy of living. Throw me overboard. He had brought shame upon God. He did not say yes to God when God said go. We look at this and we see that God also We see his perspective on things. God's perspective. God's perspective is that he loves the Ninevites. He wants them to have the opportunity to repent. He wants them to have that opportunity. God is not quick to just zap them. He warns them. He wants to warn them. He warns you. He warns me. He tells us, look, you're going to be in trouble. There are going to be consequences to your sin, to your actions that you do. You may think you're sinning in private. You may think no one knows about what you're doing. But God knows. And God says, look, I'm giving you an opportunity to get away from it. To repent of your sin. To walk away from it. Take the opportunity I'm giving to you. In this case, he's saying to Jonah, give them this opportunity, boy. (laughs) I want you out there. I want you talking with them. I want you crying out against them. Because their wickedness has risen up against me. But Jonah, rather that, rather that, he just really wished they'd be punished. Just let them get punished. Let them, as as the cartoon, the VeggieTales cartoon movie of Jonah says, wipe them off the face of the earth. (laughs) Just get rid of them. They're evil. Just get rid of them. So here he is in the belly of the fish. He's there, the Bible tells us, three days and three nights. What do you think Jonah, or what do you think Jonah is is doing here why he's in this fish three days and three nights why does God give him this time what is God doing with him here God could have let him die God could have decided well you know Jonah 
I told you. I told you one time, go and handle this. Go and speak out against Nineveh. I told you, but you didn't do it. Now, here you go. God could have let him die in the sea. But he did not do that. He rescues Jonah. I think this time in the belly of the fish was for for Jonah to consider his own actions and his own relationship with God. I think God has given him a time of reflection here. What what else is he going to do? What if you were in the belly of a big fish? What are you going to do? Oh, i got to get out of here. I don't know how to get out of here. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe the big fish will hiccup and maybe I'll fly out. Maybe I can get out that way. If it is a whale, where is that hole on the top? How do I get there? What do I, how do I get out of there? What, what is the deal? Three days. Come on. He was given time to think. I think Jonah's given time to consider, to reflect upon his actions. Have you ever sinned against God and then been forced to think about what you did? Ever messed up in the classroom and got caught? And then, and the teacher, <laughs> this makes me laugh. Teacher says, now you just sit right there and you think about what you've done. You know, sometimes we're forced to think and sometimes we're going to think about it later. And, and, and yeah, we're going to reflect on it. But I think that's funny. You just sit there and think about it. Well, I don't want to think about that. They're going to think about something else. <laughs> but this, this, this period of time here, three days, three nights, in the belly of this big fish, and Jonah's going to have to think about some stuff. He's got a lot to consider. He's got a lot to reflect on here. Maybe you did something and someone asked you why you did it and you had to explain your behavior. Maybe you were listening to a sermon and God hit you right between the eyes with the truth. Not because of something the preacher said, but because you were listening to God Himself and He said something to you. Listen, when we sin, we've got to face our sin and determine where we stand with God. Time must be taken on our part to stop and to think about what we've done. If we've sinned, we've got to stop and think about it. The Holy Spirit is right there with us. In fact, the Holy Spirit is with us before we sin. And He says, don't do it. What are you doing? What are you about to do? Don't do it. And what do we do? We do what we want to do. And sometimes what we want to do is not what God wants us to do. And we deliberately choose against Him. Has God given you time to think about your sin? Have you taken time to think about it? Have you taken time to think about something you've done? The next thing we see is that Jonah talks to God. Well, look there. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. Jonah's in the, he's there with this time and he speaks to God. From the stomach of the fish, the Bible says. Look, when God has your attention, you tend to speak with Him. Do you not? <laughs> I mean, when God wakes you up spiritually, you tend to want to talk to Him. You're almost forced to. There's a desire in you to please Him. There's a desire in you to make sure that relationship is what it should be with Him. And when He has your attention, you talk to Him. 
Maybe we should not wait until he demands our attention. Maybe we should just get it over with and decide for ourselves to daily talk with him. To daily walk with him. To get up in the morning and say, dear God, thank you for another day. Just talk to him. Do you know how delightful it is to hear uh, for a father to hear from one of his children? Boy, that's something. There's nothing like it for any parent to hear from their child, especially if they're not living in the house anymore. It's a delight to get that phone call. Some of you get a phone call every afternoon on Sunday afternoon. You have one of your children, one of your children calls you up. Just, just say, hey, check on you, see how things are. It's delightful. It's a good thing. And we need to do that with the Lord. We need to choose to just talk to him daily. Jonah waited until he was in the belly of the fish to talk to God. God has had his attention finally. He had sinned against God and, and tried to cut off communication with him. There is shame that comes with sin. But we must remember that the very message Jonah was told to share with the people of Nineveh should have comforted him. He should have had comfort in knowing if I'm going to talk to Nineveh and tell them that the, your, your evils come before God, you've got an opportunity to, to, to repent. That message should have been in Jonah applied to, to himself. I mean, that should have been applied to himself and he should have decided, well, okay, I can repent and God will forgive. But there he is. It's a message of opportunity, a message of hope, a message of forgiveness. A message of deliverance. He knew there was a possibility that those Ninevites would turn from their wickedness. He did, just did not want that. He wanted them to be punished. When the tables are turned and he has sinned, it appears that he felt he, he needed to pay for his sin, just like he felt those Ninevites should. He seems to be ready to accept dying for his sin, but also knowing that the possibility of forgiveness and repentance it, that existed even for him look at verse 2 I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me I cried for help from the depth of Sheol you heard my voice Jonah is in a near death situation here and he cries out to God and he says God answered him does that sound like somebody you've heard before in the Bible? Someone who cried out for forgiveness and the Lord answered him? It sounds like David, doesn't it? David. You find that in the Psalms a lot. God, uh, David crying out to God and God answered me. God answered. Why? Because God loves you. And God loved David. And God loves Jonah. And God's listening, waiting for us to cry out to him. Jonah had God's attention all along, but God did not have Jonah's. All Jonah had to do was call out unto God and he would have been heard early on. Instead of making this reservation on this boat and getting out there, trying to run to go to Tarshish. God called out to Jonah. Jonah heard, but dismissed God's command. Now, 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 God has his attention. Notice, the Bible never indicates that Jonah cried out to his God like the sailors did. Remember, the sailors cried out to their gods. 
They said you need to cry out to your God. The Bible never mentions that Jonah did cry out to his God. Didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't want to speak with God. At this point, it appears he's ashamed of what he's done. He knows he's been disobedient. He's fully aware of his sin. Let's think about God right now. God is one who wants a daily relationship (coughs) with his children. His desire is for us to walk with him and him to walk with us. He longs to have a relationship with us. It's what he wants, what God wants. His, His desire is that. In Jonah's situation... We see Jonah. We see God reaching out to Jonah here. He has a plan for Jonah, but Jonah's walked away. Jonah's walked away from it. The Bible tells us Jonah fled in the presence from the presence of God. He got away from anything that would remind him of God, of the presence of God. And yet God is still there. God is still there. He's there is no fleeing the presence of God. He longs to have a relationship with us and He's going to reach out to us to have that relationship with Him. He's going to call on us. In verse 2, Jonah literally says here, He cried out to God and He was near death and God heard Him. Jonah did not even have to be near death for God to hear Him. But that's where he found himself. God had to get His attention, shake Him up a little bit. And say, hey, I'm still here. And so are you. You didn't die. I've got you. I've, I've saved you here. Second thing I want you to know is that God will hear you when you cry out to Him. He will hear you. Don't, don't ever think that He can't. There are moments in your life, I know, where you've cried out to Him. And you have, in your mind, wondered, it, can He hear me? He can. He does. Don't doubt that He hears you. The next thing we see is that Jonah voices his situation to God. Look at verse 3. For you have cast me. Oh, look at those words. For you have cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current engulfed me, and your breakers and billows passed over me. Here we find out. That God was behind him being thrown into the sea. Whether Jonah understood it or not at the time when he was thrown in. This was a God thing. This was God's hand in this situation. And Jonah realizes it now. Look at verses 4 through 9. So I said, I've been expelled from your sight before your eyes. Nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended to the roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever. But you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away near death, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. 
What a terrifying experience to have. All of this happened. He's drifting. Now we understand. We get a better picture. He's in the water and he went down. And it got bad. Near death. He's thinking I'm about to take my last. The last breath is going out of me. I'm about to go. But then here's God. Here's God. God had to get his attention. The hard way. The hard way. I don't want any of us to ever have to go through such an experience. To where God has to shake us up the hard way. To get us to do what he wants him. What he wants us to do. I don't want that for any of you. But for some of us we're going to be stubborn to a point. Where we're going to have to be shaken. And I don't like that. Some of us are going to be at a point where we're going to have to be shaken like Jonah was. Maybe a near-death experience for God to shake us up, wake us up spiritually. For us to realize that there are people dying every day without Christ. And we have an assignment from Him. What's it going to take for us? God ought to always be able to get our attention It shouldn't have to be an extreme situation for us. But I can't control your actions. Only you can do that. May I as your pastor and as your friend and as one who cares for you. Can I just suggest that you choose to listen to God's voice over all other voices in this world. Can I just suggest to you that you listen only to him. And when God calls on you to do something, just do it. Just do it. Know that He will enable you. He will empower you. He will help you. It will be okay if you're doing what He has called you to do. Because of Jonah's time to think and his talk with God, because of that reflection time that he had to sit and think about what he had done. Look at verse 10. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. That sounds kind of gross, but I'd be pretty happy to see that sunshine, wouldn't you? I'd be really excited. (laughs) I'd be very happy. To see that sun shining one more time. You too can be forgiven. You too can get in right relationship with God. God waits for you. God wants you to come to Him. God will forgive you if you ask Him to. I was looking at something this past week about this, about Jonah. And someone I was listening to called it a uh, halfway confession. It was half repentance. Because Jonah's attitude about the Ninevites, we're going to find out, didn't really change much. But his situation was such that he decided he'd go ahead and do what God wanted him to do. So he repented of his sin of disobedience. Some would say halfway. Has God given you time to think about something you've done? That you've never discussed with him. A sin you've committed that you've, you've just never taken it to the Lord. And said, dear God, I need to get this right with you. I want you to know God's going to hear you when you call out to him. 
He's going to be there. He's going to hear you. And if you ask Him to, He will be faithful to forgive you. That's our God. But your relationship with Him is not a good one if you've got sin in your heart. If you have sin in your life, your relationship is not as it should be. It's not what He wants for you. He wants to walk and talk with you daily. If you're unable to do that, because you've got sin in your life, God says to you, come to me. I think He asks us today, do I have your attention? Because if I do, I want you to talk with me about your sin. That's what God is saying to us. Talk with me. Share it with me. Let's talk about it. Let's confess that sin. Let's get that right. You don't have to live with that as a burden on your shoulders. You don't have to continue to live a life where there's static in the communication lines between you and the Lord. You don't have to keep living that way. There's no reason in the world for you to live that way. Between, to live your life like that in this world. No reason at all when you've got a loving Heavenly Father who's willing to forgive you. But until you ask Him, He waits for you. Until you ask Him, there's static in that communication and that relationship's not good and you feel unworthy talking to Him. Listen, today, make it right. Talk to Him. Ask Him to forgive you. Maybe... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what your sin is. I don't know what you've been involved in. I don't know what you've been doing lately. I have no clue. But God does. And if there's something you need to talk to Him about, my prayer is that you'll do that today. That you'll take the time and handle that today. This, this story about Jonah. This story about Jonah is God at his best. God is a God of forgiveness. What he has done in sharing his forgiveness with his people, with you, with me, this is God in, I mean, at his best. And I hope that you know that God will forgive you if you come to him and ask him to. He is a God who wants to forgive you. Now, this doesn't mean, obviously, that there are no consequences to your sin. If you have sin, there are consequences. But do not let one of the consequences be that you go to hell. Get your sins forgiven. Allow God to do that for you today. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement.